The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Hey everyone, happy Monday. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. This week's episode is going to be a series as I hopefully find a job. It might seem early or it might seem like a normal time to start looking for a job as I am entering my last semester of D3 year, but I would love to graduate and work in a private practice, hopefully, as a general dentist associate. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'll do a little recap of what's been going on lately in school, and then we'll get into the job search. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Okay, we're going to start with a little recap, what's been going on in dental school. I love to keep you guys in the loop of my experiences in dental school. I'm honestly coming at you a little sad, a little tired, a little discouraged, and that's because it's final season. We have two finals this week and four the following week, and Honestly, just an assignment that I did poorly on, a midterm that I failed in the past like three weeks just has me a little more discouraged than normal going into finals. I'm usually not too stressed about exams. I know I study, I do okay, and it's all fine. But I don't know, that just kind of rattled me and made me more discouraged and nervous for these exams than I usually am, even though I know... For most classes, I need like a 50% or lower to pass the class, but the class where I did poorly on the midterm, I need a good grade on the on the final just because that's part of the criteria to pass the class. You need at least a 70 on the final in order to get a passing grade in the class regardless of the weight that it has on your final grade because we have like homework and participation and all these things. So I probably don't need that high of a score, but to pass the class, I need a 70. So that's one of the things after probably Monday or Tuesday this week I'm gonna focus on really heavily but I want to get through our first final this week and do well on that just to kind of boost my confidence and have one thing out of the way just to make life a little bit easier but I will also let you know the past few things that have been going on in clinic. I was able to test case a flipper so that got two test cases the two test cases done <laughs> sorry and For PROS, we have to do either a removable 
test case for a complete denture or a partial denture. So a flipper counts as a partial denture. So I was graded on the initial impression and I was graded on the delivery day. But I'm still going to have an incomplete impress for the semester because we were supposed to do three test cases and I only did two. So next semester I'll be doing four, which is all four steps of my crown test case if I find a patient that needs one. I've done a bridge, which was exciting, as well as a crown this semester. And then I have one crown in process because the patient needs crown lengthening, but I already started the prep and put them in a temp. So hoping that lasts over winter break. But basically none of those three crown and bridge met the test criteria. So I'm still waiting for another patient that needs a crown. Fingers crossed that that will happen next semester. I'm kind of begging the person that assigns patients to us to give me some more patients because that's the other thing going forward I'm stressed about is that I only have three patients, the person in process with the crown, and that's the end of their treatment. I have that patient, and then I have the patient that I'm doing an RPD on that I'm just getting started on this Wednesday with the first appointment, the border molding. And then I have one patient that I've been seeing a ton which can be the next thing we'll talk about, but this patient needs a bunch of restorative. Um, They had extractions, some immediate implants, some implants will happen later. Hopefully I'll get to restore a few of the implants. They're kind of picky about what we can and can't restore at our school, what goes to the grad restorative or grad pros, but just those three patients. I only have three people. One person just needs one more appointment to get this crown done, I guess two, the prep and then the delivery, but leaves me with two people to schedule for the whole semester when you really need several more than that because we have to see at least four to five people per week and I only have two people and the RPD can only come in like every other week because there's waiting for the labs and everything and it's not even going to take that long. So I am begging for new patients at the school and hopefully I will get some. I'm sending an email this week once some other behind the scenes paperwork goes through with patients that look like I have work to do, but they're never going to come in. So basically I need to get them taken off of my list because they either can't come in for personal reasons, health reasons, financial reasons, but it looks like I have 40 credits of work planned, but I'm never going to be able to do it because they're not coming in. So patient management is stressful, but as I said, that last of my three ongoing patients has been really great. I think I've done eight restorations on this patient now and we have four to go, three or four to go. There's been a ton of class twos, so I've gotten a lot more confident with that. I've worked with different matrix systems from the sectional matrixes to like a pro matrix. It's more of like a disposable all the way wrapped around circumferential matrix. I've tried the Toffelmeyer a little bit. I like the pro matrix the best so far or Garrison when it fits, but the Pro Matrix is really great. I'm going to try to keep using that, and that's apparently what they use at a lot of the rotation sites that we go to as fourth years once we go off campus. So I'm happy to be getting better at class twos because that was stressing me out that I just wasn't doing that great at them. They're still not perfect. I probably need to do 200 more before they're perfect, but I will get there. Overall, I would just say that clinic has been very stressful. School has been very stressful, but it's that end of semester push And I know that it'll all be okay once it's done, but my goodness, I'm sure if any of you are dental students, you can relate. Sometimes it's just rough and that's kind of where we are right now, but I know it's temporary and I've gotten through 
like seven semesters of dental school so far. This is my eighth and then one more of D3 and three more next year. And next year there's not as many classes, but there's all the different stresses of getting your graduation requirements finalized, still a bunch more test cases, having external rotations so you're away from school, even more schedule to manage, and of course boards and licensing exams and the topic of this episode, finding a job because... Why are we in school to become a dentist if we can't work as an actual dentist? That leads us perfectly into the topic of this week's episode. Okay, I tried to structure this in a thought process that would be logical to follow. But first of all, it's important to know your goals. What kind of job are you looking for if you're fresh out of dental school Are you 100% sure you don't want to do a general practice residency or AEGD, which I really, really don't want to, and if I was, I would need to be getting letters of recommendation together right now and applying this coming summer. So as that keeps getting closer, it's more and more and more likely I'm not going to, but you never know. You could see a podcast in three months all about my application to an AEGD program. I really know I don't want to do hospital dentistry, though. That has no interest to me personally, but... I feel like I have had it figured out for a few years what kind of job I'm looking for upon graduation and what my ideal place looks like and my ideal timeline. I'm well aware that ideal doesn't always work out and it's very rare that your first job or even your first three jobs are a dream situation, but of course my ideal is mentorship. Given that I'm not going to advance training after dental school, I would love mentorship. I would love an offer that includes a CE budget. I would also love to be in a private practice, like I said. It would even be great to be in kind of a group practice where I can learn from multiple doctors. Ideally, I wouldn't be the only one working on a day, maybe like one day a week if they want to put me on Fridays and they're not normally open Fridays or something. But I would love to be able to collaborate with other dentists and learn from them and have mentorship. I really want a technology-driven office. At the bare minimum, there needs to be digital dentistry happening. For me, that's kind of a must because I know that's what I want in my own office. So why would I spend time learning in a setting that doesn't have the kind of dentistry that I want to practice? Again, these are all ideals, though. And likely, I would practice two, three, four, maybe even five years as an associate for someone else and then buy a practice. Anytime throughout that two to five year range that a good offer comes up, whether it's buying from the doctor where I'm working, I don't see myself buying into a group practice as a partner, but again, I haven't even worked a day in my life as a dentist, so that could totally change, but I definitely want some type of ownership. Or I could be working as an associate and find a good offer to acquire an office totally separate from where I'm working at that moment. So those are all kind of what my outlook is. So I think it's important to establish what you want, what kind of timeline you're looking for, what you're looking for in an office before you go into the process of searching for a job. Another thing that I think is really key is to make a list of things that you want in terms of a location. So if you've already made a list and figured out everything you want for the job itself, there's probably multiple jobs like that out there. There's so many dentist job listings, which is a very good thing to have. Although a lot of them say that they require experience or residency training. That's not to say you can't apply if the listing's been there for a while. They might be a little more desperate 
or if you met them and you clicked with them, they might be willing to hire you with less experience being someone fresh out of school. But once you know what kind of job you're looking for, you probably have a pick of a few looking within your state or even within the country. There's probably hundreds. So you want to figure out where do you want to live. And for me, I'd like to be at like 40 to 30 minute drive or closer, ideally closer, of course, to the office. So I want to make sure it's near at least a community that I would enjoy living in. So for me, I'm planning to do what I would call a family business meeting with my boyfriend here in a couple months or so. That way I'm not wasting my time looking in settings that we don't see ourselves moving when I graduate. But if you're a person making this decision solely by yourself, then I think it makes it a little easier because you can just make a list of what you want in a location and go from there. But if you're working with a partner or your family or something, for that decision, you might have to compromise or change where you were planning to look. And another thing just to keep in mind, I think a lot of you know this, if you listen to my podcast, you're probably pretty informed, but you also want to make sure that if you're planning to buy an office and you want to 100% work in this town, then you don't want to get an associate job in that town because there's going to be a non-compete or a covenant to not compete in your contract is what it's called and it's going to be x amount of miles if it's a super saturated urban area it might even be like a quarter mile a half mile i don't really know what's protocol in those areas but for a suburb or something it might be like five miles if it's more rural it might be 15 to 20 miles it might be pretty aggressive so you just want to make sure that Again, it might make sense to live where you want to live, but drive 15, 20, 30 minutes for your associate job. That way you can find an office in that place where you really want to plant your roots, raise your family one day. I know not everyone's in that mindset and life stage at the point of graduation, but that's something that personally I'm going to be thinking about because if I end up in the county where I grew up and I want to work and live in maybe one of these three cities that I kind of spent a lot of time in growing up, I probably won't want to associate there because I want to have the option to go back and buy there. So keep that in mind. Next, I want to talk about how to actually find the job and where I have been looking and where I plan to look. Okay, so in general, things that like literally anyone in the country can do to find a job, places to look... First being your state's dental association job board. So mine's the MDA, Michigan Dental Association job board. And then the ADA actually has a associate matching program called ADAPT, A-D-A-P-T. It's like ADA practice transitions is what it stands for. So it's retiring dentists looking to take on an associate through literally a mentor role, like that thing that a lot of us are looking for. But I'm sure that you have to find the right fit like any platform but I'm definitely going to re-up my profile on there. I stopped because you have to put your credit card in because if you do get matched you pay like a $500 fee to the ADA if you like accept a contract but I feel like that's totally worth it and a couple dentists have told me that's how they found their current associate role and it's like a dream come true you don't have to pay if you interview or like meet up with people it's just if you sign a contract they ask for that like 
kind of broker's fee, like matching fee for helping you meet someone to work for. Um, some other options that are free is the Dentist Job Connect website. That's through Dental Nachos, if you've heard of that. Um, Dentist Practice Matchmaker is a Facebook group that's free where dentists are looking to hire and you can also post as an associate for where you're looking to work. And then ddsmatch.com I think is similar to Adapt where you make a profile. It can match you with offices to buy but also places to work as an associate. And then I think that you do end up paying a fee if you end up signing a contract with someone. So those are great things. I started to look on any of those listings that are free and just copy the links down for any job listings that are in locations that interest me and kind of have them organized by the city that it's in. And then I also wrote on that same list different connections that I've made through networking in uh, events in the county that Ann Arbor my dental school is in or from growing up, the couple dentists that I shadowed or the dentists that I go to, as well as a few that I've contacted through those Facebook groups. I'm going to circle back to them probably in the spring of this coming year and just peek their brains a little bit, pick their brains about what they wish that they did when they graduated, some things that were good, things that they recommend for me, and then also just ask if it's an area I want to work in. Ask them if they happen to know anyone that's looking to add on to their team, add on an associate. So that's a really great way to start is to start with the connections that you already have and just let them know, hi, remember me, like I'm getting close to graduating, I'm hoping to work in this area, do you know of anything? And I'd also just love to know if you have any advice looking back when you first started your career, what are some things you wish you knew or wish you did? Basically how I would approach the conversation and I'm planning to do that probably, like I said, in the spring. And then another place that I have made connections, besides the couple dentists that I knew growing, know growing up, because I think I've mentioned this before, but if you don't listen to everything that I ever put out, I don't have any family in dentistry. So I am just a open book here looking to find any connections that I can. So I have met a lot of great dentists through the local component dental society that um, my dental school is in, so the Washtenaw District Dental Society, and then I was lucky enough to get plugged in with the Oakland County Dental Society, so that's the county where I grew up, so I'm planning to go to a few of their meetings next semester and hopefully mingle a little and meet some dentists there, ideally one that wants to give me a job, right? And lastly, I would also just say in general you just want to put it out there like in any conversation with any dentist, what your goals are, what kind of person you are, let them get to know you, let them get to know your drive and your passion and your interests and they might recommend a dentist off the bat like, oh my goodness, you would get along so well with so-and-so, you've got to meet them. Whether you're going to work for them or not, they could still end up being a great mentor. So it's really important just to put yourself out there and start making connections and networking and just looking because you'll be less stressed when it comes to be more of like a crunch time. For me, my goal is to have a job lined up early fourth year, but that's a very optimistic goal. I don't really expect to meet that, but I'm, I'm manifesting it. I'm putting it out there. I want to have a job at the start of fourth year, so we'll see. I feel like I'm looking earlier than most of my peers, but you never know. It's hard to say because I'm so as I said in the whole beginning of this podcast, like so 
bogged down with clinic and everything's so stressful and new and just awful sometimes. So it's hard to be like, hire me as your dentist when I'm still learning so much and then in the next year I'm going to learn so much before I graduate. It's hard for them to gauge my skill as a clinician, but I think what they would be hiring me on is my values, my passions, my motivations, and my goals as a clinician, as a business partner, and being trainable, fitting in well with their team and their office culture. That's more what they would be hiring than how many crown preps has this person done at the stage of applying so early. So you really have to know who you are, know what you want, and be a great communicator if you're planning to look for jobs early and especially look for jobs without post-grad training after dental school. So I think that's where I'm going to end this week's episode. As I said, this is going to be a series. As I have any juicy updates, I will lump them all together in a few more episodes over the next year and a half till I graduate in May 2024. Mark your calendars, everyone. I'm very excited. But that is everything for this week's episode. Next week, we will be back with another guest, and I can't wait to chat with you all then. Have a great rest of your week.